Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. You're really trying to piss off their ears this morning, aren't you? Oh my goodness. Don't worry, I'll try to lower that. Oh my goodness. That was pretty cheesy, too. We were talking about that earlier. I'll fix that in post. Will you? I'll just cut it out. It'll just be like, lady. You never cut stuff out. I don't. You like next to never. Only people that plan stuff and do dumb stuff like that cut stuff out of creative genius. I'm like Werner Hartzog. He doesn't do any storyboarding. He does no scripts. You know who Werner Hartzog is? I don't, but you're going to enlighten me. It's the guy who does the German accent. He does the voiceovers. You might hear him from time to time talking like this about nature or the environment. That was yes, pretty good. That Damn, was good, that yeah. was good, yeah. I was like, oh, what the bug? Yeah, he uh, doesn't plan or script or storyboard anything, and I'm just like that. We don't cut. We don't edit because we live in the present. We do live in the present. Mm-hmm. That's when um, I was talking to someone the other day. Like, well, like, like, what type of prep time do you do? Like, what do you mean by prep time? Like, what takes is, John 15 minutes to set up the, the lights and the camera. Shit. He brings a nice table in here, if throws you, the orange. Well, it's not even nice anymore. I mean, it's like yeah, it's traveled all... the country with us, Dustin. It's been to San Diego. It's, it's been to it's been Nashville. The, it's been in my backpack. It's been all over. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? She, and she was like, well, like. Like you prepare. know, like prepare. I go, well, he usually comes in with like, I don't know, six or eight topics. Most of those topics anymore are suggestions from T-loppers. Shout out T-loppers. Right? People hit me up on LinkedIn or they're on the YouTube and they're commenting on YouTube. Um, and Instagram is sometimes a decent mm-hmm. way to get a hold of us. You know, obviously T-lop online is the best way. The like that's why it's there. Like John and I got to a point to where. A, we didn't have enough content to keep everyone happy. Mm-hmm. We were getting content suggestions that I didn't think would make a great episode. Correct. We had certain things like handouts and printouts that we wanted to give to people, but didn't have a way to distribute it. It doesn't make sense on YouTube. No, you can't really like mm-hmm. post a PDF or a Word document. I mean, you can, but it's not really the best way to digest that information. Yeah, so we have tloponline.com, and it's also become a great way to communicate mm-hmm. and send messages to both John and I. Yep. Usually it goes to John, John brings to me. Yep. That's why I tell people like LinkedIn. LinkedIn's fire for me because I'm on LinkedIn pretty religiously. Just like you millennials are on TikTok or whatever the hell it's called, Dustin's all over that LinkedIn shit. That's where professionals go. I'm a professional. You are. I am a professional. Whether I'm 24 or 84, I'm still a professional, and I want to go where professionals are. You know what my clients are? For the most part, professionals. Blue-collar professional. Blue-collar and professional. Yeah, bluish, light blue. Sky blue. Light blue. Yeah, maybe white. Is there another color? There's blue colors, white colors, like orange. I forget. Orange is prison. Yeah. Wow, well played. Yeah. Orange is prison. Here's where I dropped the pr- cut to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah <laughs> you right yeah, to go yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, but no, so so today's episode actually mm-hmm. was an inspiration from last episode. Yeah, I actually did. You teased it on the previous episode, I Yeah, believe. like we, we're going hard into mortgage right now. Yeah, you are going hard, very hard. Because you're on your hires. You're, you're fired up. This, this is a passion. Rocky got me fired up. I'm still talking about Rocky. You are. Yeah, but no, we, we, we leaned hard into it, but we're going to start coming out of it. I, the, the hope for TLOP long term is that we do two episodes that are very specific to mortgage and real estate. We do one episode that's not, mm-hmm. two that are, one that's not, even if that means that we have to do a Sunday special mm-hmm. and that's going to be more consumer oriented because I really do want to play on so you want to, so you want to so be, wanna, yeah, so, so wanna you want to, so, so you want to be dot, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And I want to play into budgeting and financial advising. I want to bring Kyle Scholl, K. Scholl. I want to bring Kyle back on his YouTube channel is doing amazing mm-hmm. and he's doing great things. I want to hear about his success, but also I want to have him on because I want him to talk about the basics, kind of like 
principles of personal finance for dummies type thing. Yeah. Right. So like I want to do more of that, but at the same time, I want to continue to support the loan officer mortgage community because ultimately that's well, it's who I am as a person, right, right? Right. as a professional, I'm a mortgage dude. Yeah. But so today is going to be a, not, not a part two, but it stemmed from what we were talking about last episode where we were talking about transitioning mm -hmm. away from a refi market into a purchase market. And I was explaining how I really don't like having to transition because I don't think you ever should have had to if you did things the right way from out of the gates, which not everyone has that opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's why the episode was needed. Mm -hmm. And but but what I wanted to get out of that episode and onto this episode was we talk so much in the mortgage industry about you need to go call on realtors. Call on realtors. This is another way to build your book of referrals and business. Yeah. That's the yeah. end all be all. That's all you need to do. If you're trans if you're transferring from a refi market, just start calling on realtors all day, every day, show up in glasses. That's all you need to do all day. Can you do that in the German voice? Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm proud of my Werner Herzog. Yeah, I'm proud of that. All right. <laughs> no, you did a great job uh, with, the, with the German. But um, yes, yes, that's what they say. Mm -hmm. It's not that easy. And that's not the end all be all. And I'm somewhere in the middle. Like there are some people out there. Like there's a guy who listens to us religiously and he's a fan and I've, I've connected with him. He's in Arizona, um, younger mortgage professional, but he's a seasoned marketing prof uh, uh, and you know, marketing advertising okay, yeah. salesman. And, um, you know, he's like, screw this realtor thing. There's better ways to do it. And I'm like, is there mm. like, can you prove to me with production that there is, I can prove to you by interviewing dozens of friends of mine mm -hmm. who are mortgage millionaires mm -hmm. who built their book of business mm -hmm. by calling on and bringing value and marketing to and partnering with the real estate community. Yep. I don't know that many. And by that many, I know zero self-made millionaires who did it another way. So on, on that into the thought process, I can't jump 100% on that train, but I can agree to state this, and that's what today's episode is gonna be. It's more than just realtors. Realtors are a phenomenal lead source for mortgage loan originators, period, end of story. They should be a main part of what you do, and by main, 50%. Mm. 50% of what you do should be finding ways to bring value to the real estate community. It's not just, oh, hey, John, good to meet you. Cool hat, yeah, bro, let's hang out. All right, yeah, refer me your home buyers, cool. No, it's like, hey, John, I just read this awesome book about how you can scale your business. Here's a copy of it. I really like what's written about in chapter six, and I think I can help you follow the practice or the teachings of, of chapter six, and you can get four extra listings this year. I want to contribute to your success. Like, you know, that's a, a made up example, mm -hmm. but like, that's what I mean. Like when a, when a loan officer meets with a realtor, it's about bringing value and only, you know, the value you bring. Some people are willing to door knock with a realtor and they understand that for every two listings, a realtor uh, brings in the door. It's one extra buyer. If you help a realtor get two extra listings, that could mean you get one buyer who needs financing. Mm -hmm. Plus those people selling the home 70% of the time yeah. also yeah. need to buy. Yeah. Um, maybe you're willing to take their old leads from last year, the ones that didn't convert, and you're willing to 
call them. And if you can create one or two of them into active buyers again, you brought them tremendous value because you resurrected dead leads and turned them into warm or live leads. Mm -hmm. You could maybe have a product and that extra product is the difference of them telling a buyer no versus telling a buyer yes. Awesome. The product helped you get there. You may have the ability to help them capture and close their leads at a higher percentage because of how you run your business or the CRM that you use. Maybe that's what you sit down and talk about, but it needs to be about bringing them value. And I'm a firm believer before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, that's still a great way to build your book of business. It does take a while, like our podcast, probably two years. And you do need to dominate the ones. You do need to get belly to belly and face to face on a daily basis where you're sitting down and you're first just trying to figure out if you can bring them value. Mm -hmm. You may go meet with 100 realtors over the next 40 weeks just to find out there's only 15 or 18 mm -hmm. that they like you, you like them, and you have found ways to bring them value. When you say bring value, like when is it generally when loan officers traditionally go out and meet with realtors is it all about like me, like, hey, what like it's what can I do to support you, John? Mm -hmm. Like we have scripts that we're putting up mm -hmm. on TLOP online, right? Mm -hmm. The scripts on freemium are going to be printed P uh, on a PDF or a mm -hmm. Word document. If you want to hear me do the scripts, we're going to ask for a $25 monthly donation. You to watch me actually spitball mm -hmm. or do deliver, those scripts, yeah. deliver them to the camera. And the, the script that I would use when sitting down and talking to a realtor is very much like, and by the way, this episode is not supposed to be about realtors, <laughs> but we'll maybe extend it 10 minutes so we can do this. It's, you know, hey, John, thank you very much for your time. I want to be respectful of your time. I'm here because I'm a lender and you're a realtor. And as a lender, I find that it's my job and my responsibility to help you capture and close more business or help you sell more homes. I'm here to figure out how I can bring value to your business. Where, where is it that you're trying to go? And what certain tools are you missing in your tool belt? Now, I have some ideas on things that I think I can do that will bring value. But I'd first love to hear from you first. By the way, I just said first or twice, so I just want to at least take one of those first out of there. Right. But you, you see where I'm coming from. Right. Then I'm going to ask questions. Where are you in your career? What, what made you want to get into real estate? I'm going to ask you, how many families did you serve last year? If you don't like saying that because it's kind of corny, just ask them straight up. How many homes did you sell last year? Yeah. And of the number of homes that they sold, ask them. What percentage were listings? What percentage were buyers? When you look at your goals going forward, were you happy with last year's production? Or are you trying to grow it? If you're trying to grow it, what are some things that I could do to support you? Hey, John, what, what are the characteristics you look for in a lending partner? What's most important to you? Mm -hmm. If we were ever to work together, which I'm not saying we're going to, John. By the way, I would say that in a meeting. If we were to work together, which I'm not implying that we're going to, but if we were, what are some expectations you're going to have of me and my team? And then how, what are some ways that you think I can bring you value? Some people would be like, oh my God, if I could double my Zillow ad spend, I would sell one extra home a month. Mm. Will you give me $500? Uh. That's a business decision you're going to have to make. Yeah. I tend to not want to lead with money. Yeah. I got a buddy of mine, kills it. He would have said yes in a heartbeat. Really? He maybe even would have led with that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got a buddy up in Maryland that spends $10,000 a month on Zillow leads with one particular Remax office. Mm. But this dude closes $65 million a year. Okay, works for him. Yeah, so he brings in over six hundred fifty grand in commission based off $120,000 in ad spend. That's still a pretty decent ROI. It's a pretty <laughs> decent W-2 he's bringing home. Yeah. 
But you know, some people, it, it, it may be, I need you to do educational series for my team. I have a team of, of buyer's agents, but they're not trained in sales. Okay, maybe I have a skill set where I can train people in sales. Maybe it's coming and teach about products and programs. Maybe it's just being wildly accessible, yeah. right? Like that's where I have to figure out what is, it, what is it that they're looking for? Is it something that I can bring? Not everyone's gonna be down to door knocking. So if I offered a door knock with them, but they're not down to door knock, that doesn't work. Yeah. Not everyone has a bunch of old leads that need to be called and resurrected. But if you do have a bunch of them, that's a great way for me to bring value to you if I'm willing to do that, mm -hmm. right? So I just have to sit down and figure out what it is. So bringing value is what you're looking to do. And I do believe that realtors should make up at least 50%. And it's not just go out there, become their bro, become their chica and, you know, oh, cool, we're gonna do business. No, you sometimes need two or three meetings before you get a referral. Your first meeting may be discovery. Your second meeting may be a follow-up based on what you discovered, where you can talk about how you're gonna implement these certain plans to help them mm -hmm. increase and capture their leads or help them uh, obtain or land two extra listings a quarter, what have you. But once you get past that, there are other referral sources that we can build our book of business around. And I did say earlier that I know dozens of mortgage millionaires mm -hmm. who all built their book of business supporting the real estate community. Mm -hmm. There are mortgage millionaires who didn't. Mm -hmm. I know that. There are mortgage millionaires who built their book of business supporting financial advisors. Yeah. So that's the first one we're going to talk about. Okay. What do financial advisors do? What kind of like well, what industry is that? Yep. We're going to get into that. So you have, you have about five that I've written down. Okay. I wrote down financial advisor, CPA, divorce attorney, a business owner slash a HR manager, kind of in the same bucket, mm -hmm. your circle of influence oh, there you go. and other lenders. And I'm going to teach to pick three. So you're always gonna have realtors. I preach that, I believe that, I'm gonna teach that until someone proves to me otherwise. Mm -hmm. Right now it's just theories. Right now people have theories, but they haven't shown me the W-2 or the production report of someone who did not build their book on the back of supporting the real estate community. Yeah. So one of them is gonna be realtors. The other two should come from this list, financial advisor, CPA, divorce attorney, business owner slash HR manager, your circle of influence and other banks or lenders. And by the way, your past client database for those that have, have one yeah. needs to be also a referral source that you work, a referral source that you call on, that you market to, that you do events for because they are already your raving fans. They should be referring you, your friends, your family, your neighbors. Mm -hmm. That's not on the list. That's almost an assumed, yeah. but I shouldn't assume it because do you know what happens when you assume you things? Make an asset of you and me, Dustin. Yeah, make an asset of you and me and everyone listening and watching us on YouTube. So your past client database is huge as well. But I'm talking about going out there and building a new business, mm -hmm. okay? So what does a financial advisor do, you ask? Yeah. You really don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I have, you have an idea. idea, but like, where would I go? Like, hey, a financial advisor is at like T. Rowe Price. I would just call T. Rowe Price. And yeah, like, so hey. financial advisors are found at Merrill Lynch. Okay. They're found at J.P. Morgan. They're found at John Hancock. They're found at um, Raymond, Raymond James. James. Yeah, we're in Florida, so Raymond James is a big one. Um, maybe they're found at uh, Morgan Stanley, Charles, Charles Schwab, okay, so like TD Ameritrade. Yeah, Okay. Um, uh, Northwestern Mutual. Like financial advisors are working for these types of companies and banks. Wells Fargo has them, so on and so forth. Right. And a financial advisor's job is to take someone who has assets 
to invest, which by the way, is probably only 20% of the American populace, but they have assets to invest and they help them invest them in the right vehicles, whether it's a mutual fund, whether it's a managed stock portfolio, whether it's an IRA, whether it's a four, uh, no, it wouldn't be a 401k, whether it's an IRA, whether it's a Roth IRA, whether it's an annuity, a CD, um, got an ETF, mutual funds, the whole kit and caboodle, right? So I have a financial advisor because at the end of the day, after I've maxed out my 401k and I have my six months reserve in my savings account, I need another place to put money. And I have a full-time job running a mortgage company, I have a full-time job with you and TLOP, and I help my buddies run their real estate investment company. I don't need another full-time job of managing my own assets. I don't want to go to school for that. I don't want to do continuing education, all mm -hmm. the things that are going to be required. I give my money to Caleb shout out and Caleb. shout out to Caleb and Caleb based on my age, based on my earnings, based on my income, based on my, my, my savings rate, he figures out where my money should be in bonds and cash and stocks, foreign exchange, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yep. That's what a financial advisor does. Okay. They help people manage their assets. Okay. So something that financial advisors hate is when their clients pull assets away from them. Mm. Something financial advisors don't like is when their clients quit contributing money into their investment accounts. Because financial advisors typically get, get paid based on money under management. How mm. much money do you manage? Mm. Well, if I go and take $750,000 out of my investment account to pay cash for a house. Well, that's less money under my management. That's less money. Oh. So a financial advisor would love to have a mortgage lender in their back pocket that they know I like, can trust. And they can say to their client, hey, I know you have all this money sitting with me but mortgage rates are still historically low, even yeah. at four and a quarter percent. That's a smart Why don't you reach out to Dustin over at Waterstone and just look into getting a loan? How about this? Maybe the financial advisor lets them take money out because maybe they have some kind of a line of credit leveraged against their assets and they use that line of credit to become a cash buyer because in today's market, it's crazy competitive. But after they make the cash offer, the offer is accepted and they close on the home, we as lenders can do what's called delayed financing. Mm. Basically, we can do a loan for somebody 30 days or 10 days right after they purchased the home. The term is called delayed financing. You do not need to wait for six months of title seasoning to utilize mm -hmm. a delayed financing loan option, which is usually a conventional loan. I'm sure there's some non-conforming jumbo that allow it as well. But for this case, let's just say it's conventional, at which point they can pull the money out, but then they can replace it pretty quickly mm -hmm. with delayed financing. Something else that you can do by partnering with a financial advisor is financial advisors want to help people like John Coleman accumulate wealth. And they understand how compound interest works. But if John Coleman has all these debts like credit cards and student loans and an auto loan, and he needs money for home repair because his home's falling apart or his car needs to be fixed, that does not leave John Coleman any money to give to his financial advisor to save for future to save in order to have that money compound. But what if the financial advisor assessed John Coleman's situation like, John, you did an awesome thing, man. 10 years ago, you bought that house and you only owe $180,000 on that house that's worth 500 grand. Why don't you go and call my lender, take out a mortgage for $300,000. Let's pay off your student loans, pay off your mm. credit card. Let's, let's get you the money you need to fix your house up. Let's get you a new car without a car payment. Mm -hmm. At which point your mortgage payment went up $675 a month, but I'm saving you $2,000 a month and all of those monthly mm. bills, you now have an extra $1,300 plus at your disposal hmm. 
of which I want you and your wife saving 500 a month to go into your emergency fund. I want you to take 200 bucks a month to open up a 529, which is a college savings plan for the kids that you don't have. Yeah. I want you to go ahead and start contributing more money into your company's 401k because your company matches the money you put in. So you're leaving money on the table by not contributing. And let's get you an, a Roth IRA opened. Hmm. Huh? Do most so of, a yeah. financial advisor can recommend and refer clients to lenders. And by the way, lenders can bring value to financial advisors yeah. by being as knowledgeable as I just was to explain to them about delayed financing, about how a cash out refinance works. And also there's times where I'll talk to a consumer and I'm like, hey, look, I'm not a financial advisor. I just play one yeah. on YouTube. And you need to talk to a financial advisor. Don't take my word for it, take their word for it because they've gone to school for this. I have not. Right. At which point there's gonna be opportunities for me to potentially refer my financial advisor. Right. Do you, are there a lot of uh, loan officers, maybe younger in their career that don't call on CPAs because like what you just said. That's a like, financial, you know, financial uh, advisor. Finance, sorry, financial advisor. Because like, I would think a financial advisor would know that, but as you like, explained it to me, like they don't. Like, Maybe they, not. They don't. Well, I wouldn't expect a financial advisor to understand exactly how a cash out refinance works. I wouldn't want them to understand what exactly is delayed financing. Mm. That's my job. Like I know enough about a 529 and I know enough about a Roth IRA, but I don't know the ins and outs, right? I'm a subject matter expert of mortgages. They're a subject matter expert of personal finance, right. okay? So CPAs, very similar. A we can refer the heck out of CPAs. Anyone who's been originating or processing or underwriting mortgages for a long enough period of time, we see some jacked up tax returns, like bad. I'm like, look, I'm not even a CPA myself. I've never even taken an accounting course, but I've had to calculate a bunch of self-employed income. I can look at your tax return and say, that doesn't look right. Hmm. So we automatically need to refer a CPA, but a CPA could, could use a lender. And these are my two reasons. A, it's tax season. They, the CPA, I mean, they, complete John Coleman's taxes. And John Coleman knows it was $90,000 to the IRS. Yo, what? Of which point John Coleman says, yo, what? And John Coleman doesn't have it. Yeah. But what John Coleman does have is a home. And he bought that home 10 years ago and it has a ton of equity in it. The CPA could look, John, you do not want to get in trouble with the IRS. You do not want to fight this and you do not want to pay their penalties and you hmm. don't want to go on a payment plan. John, here's what I advise you to do. Call a mortgage lender. I know one if you don't know one. I trust this person to do a great job inquire about doing a cash out refinance so that we can pull the money out that's necessary to pay your tax bill. Okay, cool. You've now given a CPA a solution to some of her clients that maybe she didn't already know. Mm -hmm. Something else that um, a CPA could do is a CPA knows whose business is taken off, right? It's like we just went to this place called Ten and Taco mm -hmm. for lunch. Ten and Taco has opened five locations in Central Florida in the past three years. They're taken off. But sometimes when you're expanding that rapidly, cash is, it's, it's hard to come by. Mm -hmm. And you have all of the money that you've been making is, is being reinvested in the business. And if you wanna keep going and keep building, you may have to tap into mm -hmm. your home. Like, do you remember when we had that, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, total mind fart right now. You gotta give me a hint for me to guess. The guy. <laughs> you like give me a right? hint, you're like, oh my gosh, what is it? I'm this like, is terrible, <laughs> he's gonna hate me. I hope he's not tuned into this episode. Uh, the firefighter, the entrepreneur, oh, the warrior, the entrepreneur. warrior entrepreneur. I just finished his Zach. book. Zach. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, but when we had Zach coming on, one of the problems Zach had is he had too much success too early. Yeah, couldn't fulfill the uh, he, couldn't fulfill the uh, the order. Yeah, couldn't fulfill the order. He had to run out and and and, and raise cash. <laughs> yeah. A great way to raise cash is sometimes through tapping into your home's equity. Mm. A CPA would know that. 
So calling on CPAs, you have a, an opportunity to refer them, but you have a way to teach them how to refer you. Mm -hmm. Business owners, HR managers. So I like the idea of joining the Chamber of Commerce, attending the events, learning and getting to know each individual business owner, meeting with them one-on-one -on -one and figuring out how can you help them promote their business? How can you help them grow their business? Mm. Right? It may be, hey, John, you're a loan officer. Next time you do a realtor happy hour, will you do it at my restaurant? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Right. Hey, next time you need to order supplies and T-shirts for T-Lop, would you order it from my yeah. business? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. And in return, hey, I'm a local community expert when it comes to all things mortgage related and home loans. Will you every time you hear someone looking to buy or sell real estate, mm -hmm. just have them call me? Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes these business owners have employees and there are many studies and this is where the HR manager aspect comes in. There are many studies that talk about a happier mm -hmm employee or associate is one that owns their own home and also an employee who is more rooted in their community and less less yeah. likely to leave their employer is yeah. one that is a homeowner yeah. okay if i own a business and i have employees maybe i can bring in a loan officer to teach how to buy a home how to finance a home mm. maybe that loan officer can bring in cpa or can bring in a financial advisor or it can bring in a credit expert and they can kind of be my go-to person to make sure I'm bringing value to my associates mm -hmm. so that they are living a financially healthier life, but more importantly, so they'll be a more productive associate for me and a more long-term right. associate for me. When you reach out to business owners, is there a certain like sweet spot in terms of size? Like you don't want to go to like the mom and pop that just has one employee versus like going just walking into like the Orlando Magic and being like, hey, let me. Man, <sighs> most days I like to hunt with a shotgun mm. and, and not with a precise mm -hmm. rifle. I I like the shotgun approach. I mean, yes, you want to shoot a shotgun to where the game are, yeah, right, right, right. but you don't want to blindly shoot it. Right. No, because you don't know who that person knows. Mm -hmm. You don't know the trajectory of their business mm -hmm. or that one associate, you don't know what caliber employee they are, right? Because if it's a car wash and they have a hundred employees or it's a Chick-fil-A that has a hundred employees, I don't know how many of those employees are mm -hmm. in a position in their life where they're ready to buy a home. But if it's a CPA firm and the other employee is to a CPA, yeah. then yeah, yeah okay. then, then yeah, maybe I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And I don't know who their clients are. I don't know who they know. Mm -hmm. So I want to connect. Right. Plus, if I can bring that person immense amount of value, mm -hmm. then again, they're probably going to be more willing to go out of their way. Yeah. So I, I um, and you need at bats. Look, all of these ideas that we're throwing out, this isn't you do it once. It's not. It's two years. When John Coleman and I set out to do this podcast, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have really any guidance. We had no coach. We had no experience mm -hmm. doing podcasts, but we, we made a pact to ourselves two years. Mm -hmm. We're going to give ourselves two years. And luckily for us, it took us about 17 to 19 months yeah. before we realized, oh, oh yeah. we now see the vision. We yeah. now have our tra trajectory. We now know where we're going. Right. So, but two years. And that's why I think it's important. I'm going to circle back to it. You only pick two of these ideas uh, and yeah. you add it to the realtor. You still do realtors and pick two. Do not try to do all of them. But you can say, I'm going to call on, whether it's financial advisor, CPA, business owner, HR manager, like you're gonna pick two of these ideas. Question for you, uh, if you were to stack rank those in terms of like successful, like who you should focus on first, if you pick it a pyramid, would you be able to like rank like, hey, first, are they all, you know what I'm saying? I think, no, 
No, okay. I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to because I, I don't want to like throw any prejudice in there. That's what I'm saying. Okay. No, because you have to go with your gut. Okay. What do you feel most comfortable with? And each market brings new opportunities. Hmm. You know, like like if, if I interview oh, the HR manager, but when I got in the business, the number one producer in my company, the guy that won all the awards and was paraded on stage like crazy. Uh-huh. Pretty sure his name was Gary. Had a terrible haircut is all I remember. <laughs> Gary. But uh, yeah, name was Gary. Had a terrible haircut. Homeboy crushed it. Um, UPS. You heard of them before? Yeah. United Parcel yeah. Services? Yeah. Yeah. They were his number one referral source. What? Yes. He started by joining the board of whatever their philanthropy arm was. Mm-hmm. And he was given his time and given his money to the the causes that matter to UPS. Hmm. He got to know some of the board members who were also employees. He got in with the HR department. He started teaching quarterly home buying seminars and bringing in other speakers to give financial advice and lunch and learns. Yeah. Yeah. Gary closed like three loans a month. Off of UPS. Off of UPS. Yeah. In Atlanta, Georgia. That's crazy. Yep. So. It doesn't. Yeah. You don't really want to give. You know, yeah. All right. Yeah. Leave so. Yeah. So none, nonetheless, like it's. Um, it depends, Dustin. It depends. I, I, I love that. it. Oh, it hey, depends. Danielle Anderson. Shout out, Danielle Anderson. Shout out, Danielle Anderson. That's one of her, her favorite <laughs> phrases, and we stole it from her. It depends. Do I have to come home tonight, babe? <laughs> it depends. Oh, you tried that one? No, nah, nah, I'll see how it goes tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so financial advisor, CPA, we talked a little bit about business owners and HR managers. Mm-hmm. Divorce attorneys. Like, that's pretty simple. Someone's going through divorce, they have to do a division of assets. Mm-hmm. A home is usually their largest asset. It's also where most of the money is. So it's like if... He gets to keep the 401k. He has to pay her half of the value. Mm. Well, that may be in the home's equity. So they're going to have to sell the home and divide the equity. Mm. At which point, if they sell the home, now they are homeless. So they need to buy two homes. There you go. Hey, maybe you got an opportunity right there. Or they need to refinance one person off, maybe pull some equity out, pay out the other spouse. So a divorce attorney. That's a cash cow. But by all means, yes. Like that's a space you want to just go live in. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure divorce attorneys, like at this point, when it comes to the division of assets, like, look, don't talk to me. Call call John. Right. Just don't call me. Right. Yep. So divorce attorneys, I talked about your circle of influence, and I'm going to touch on this briefly, only because in my, I mean, I originated hardcore for 15 solid years. The past three years, if you want to call me out and say, Dio, are you really in the trenches of, of loan originating? No, I probably haven't filled out a SAM worksheet for a self-employed borrower in three years. Right, and I probably haven't actually gone into Optimal Blue. I've priced out loans, but I probably haven't clicked the five buttons it takes to lock them, mm-hmm. right? Because Kevin Murphy does the bulk of that, or his loan partner Cam does the the bulk of that. I still do consultations. You dabble. You dabble. Yeah, I cover for Kevin when he's when he's on um, when he's on vacation, mm-hmm. and he's been with us for ten years, so he's a lot of vacation. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm not in the trenches per se. But when I was, it was a solid fifteen years, and I bet every year there were three to five of my friends. I'm talking about people that I know them. I know their parents' name. I know where they went to high school. I probably went to high school with them. I know where they work, what they do for a living, if they have kids, how old their kids are roughly. I mean, I never mm-hmm. really know how old someone's kids are because I forget stuff like that. Yeah. And they didn't use me. What? Like, I remember, like, one of my wife's closest friends, and her name is Shannon, and Shannon's husband is Jason, and we love Shannon and Jason. They're amazing people. Yeah. Like, truly amazing people. Mm-hmm. We do, ended up doing their loan. But how it came about was a big reminder for me. It's like seven, eight years ago. Shannon reached out to me and goes, hey, I need your help. She goes, I need to sell my house, buy another one and get a loan. And she goes, and you know people who do that, right? And you're like, what the? Yeah, I was like, well, well wait a minute. I know people. I'm like, I'm like, you need a recommendation to a realtor? And she's like, yeah, I could use that. 
She goes, but also like I need help with uh, getting a loan. Yeah, like, I need like loan. Can you like who like, do you know? She goes, who do you know? You, God, you, you must have shit your pants when you heard that. You're like, what? No, it was depressing. That's what I'm it saying. reminded like, me that I've done a piss poor job as a mortgage professional over 15 years at the time. By the time it's probably 12 years, right. but um, yeah, of letting people know exactly what I do for a living, mm -hmm. like standing up on a pedestal. Hey, boys and girls, I help people obtain home loans. If you're looking to buy a home, you call me. Right. If you're looking to refinance a, a home, you call me. Like I didn't do a good job of that. I, it's almost like I hid behind like every company I worked for, mortgage was in the title. Yeah, so I thought you knew what I did as called I'm a loan officer. I thought you knew. Nope. They didn't know. That's I assumed again and I got you burned by ass, assuming. You ass. So I'm gonna encourage you to make sure your circle of influence. And people are like, what circle of influence? Look, if you were gonna invite them to your Mac Daddy wedding, that's your circle of influence. Mm -hmm. If you send them holiday cards, like my, my wife sends like hundreds of holiday cards. If you get a holiday card from my wife, you better also know what I do for a living and how I can help you or how my team can help you. Mm -hmm. So your circle of influence just needs to be worked. I wouldn't necessarily put that in the three, right? When I say there's three mm -hmm. realtors plus two others, that's just me going off a tangent about your circle of influence. Just like earlier, I went off on a tangent on your past client database. Mm -hmm. Those two just have to be understood that you're going to market to them they're gonna understand what you do for a living. Yeah. Like what I love about past clients and what I love about Circle of Influence, John, and you and I have done this, you've helped me do this. I can get out my smartphone, mm -hmm. my iPhone, I can create a quick 90 second video. Mm -hmm. I then can upload that video to my Facebook business page. Mm -hmm. I then can put about five to $10 behind it and boost it mm -hmm. and promote it to just people yep. who are either my past clients, cause I've, I've uploaded that data into Facebook mm -hmm. or who are friends of me and friends mm -hmm. of my friends. Correct. Right? Yep. That's something that I could do that takes me less than 20, 30 minutes a week and probably less than $25 in ad spend, probably closer to $15 in ad spend as a way to make sure that my name, my face, my likeness is always out in front of my circle of influence and my past client database while I'm still calling on realtors. And then I'm picking two of these other segments, whether it's a financial advisor, a CPA, a divorce attorney, a business owner slash HR manager, or the last one, other lenders, other banks. Nuh-uh, you can't call them. I'm a lender. I don't talk to other lenders. I only lend with my own lender. Yeah, we that's stupid. Really? You should have five other, especially banks. Like we had Sarah Cipriano on the podcast. Shout out Sip. Shout out to Sip. She's a top producer, like three years in the business. She's making bank and she's doing it. And one of her biggest referral sources are bankers at the bank she used to work at, what? lenders at the bank she used to work at because that bank supposedly, let's say they don't do um, credit scores under 660 and Sarah can do credit scores down to 585. That bank won't do DTIs over 50 and Sarah can do DTIs up to 55. So all of a sudden, mm. that's a massive referral source. And Sarah has made sure she made friends with like 12 of them. Like she knew four, but those four introduced her to four mm -hmm. more and those four to four more that made 12. Mm -hmm. So she has 12 of them that refer. Now what she does in return is she refers them things that she doesn't do. She doesn't do land loans or what are called lot loans. She doesn't do credit cards. She doesn't do refinancing of cars. Wow. She doesn't do home equity lines of credit. So it's not a, like, it's not a given, it's a give and take. It's not just take, take, take. Yeah, no, wow. it's, it's a, yeah. So like you need to know and, and network, like make a conscious effort to market to other lenders and look for the, the lenders that are more conservative than your bank is. So credit unions and depository mm. banks tend to be more conservative. So go to those people first. Mm -hmm. And especially like if you work for a non-bank lender, that's even more amazing. Because if you work for a bank, like a depository, and you're trying to 
network with, a, with another depository, there could be a little of animosity because your bank also does checking accounts and credit mm -hmm. cards and savings accounts and, and other services. Mm -hmm. But when you're an independent mortgage banker and all you do is mortgage, you can have. that's actually my sales pitch to my banker friends. Look, refer me because all I'm going to do is take take great care of the client from a mortgage perspective. I don't even have the ability to do an yeah. auto loan for them, a business I loan. I can't even take a deposit, so don't yes. even worry about that. Yeah. yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is my take on there's more to it than just realtors when you're out there trying to build your referral network. Mm -hmm. This is playing into how you go about being purchase focused, never having to spend money on leads. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, buy referral only, shout out to Joe Stump. Shout out Become Joe Stump. buy referral only, be an advisor, bring value to your local community, turn them into referral sources. It doesn't have to be all about realtors all day, every day. I do believe it still needs to be a main staple of what you do. And I'm going to be that way until Jerry in Arizona proves me wrong. But Jerry, until you show me the W-2 in the production report, mm. I'm still going to stand my ground. Yes, and even after you do show me the production I'm report, gonna stand I'm my probably ground. still going to stand. But I will have you on the show and we will talk about <laughs> your method versus my method. It's awesome. Right. But in the meantime, good luck out there. It is a grind. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And only the strong survive. Mm -hmm. You have to have a high attitude, a high aptitude, and you have to have a little bit of grit to stick with it. Mm -hmm. But if you can, you'll build a sustainable business that'll last you a lifetime. Inspirational. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. Check us out on tloponline.com. Look me up on LinkedIn. I am Dustin Owen. Google him. He is John Coleman. Don't. That's all the time we have for you today, but we will catch you on the flip side in the next episode. Peace.